It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. So this isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hello, hi everyone, and welcome to That UFO Podcast, the other show. We are live on KGRA Digital Broadcasting. Dan, how are we doing today? I'm impressed. That was smooth. Yoga are more natural every single week. I was still on my phone for about two seconds before it went live. <laughs> I was like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. Um, no, so that was good. I'm, yeah, thanks. I'm just, I do it in my sleep now. Um, <laughs> so listen, welcome everyone to the live show again. This is uh, our second live and we, we did say we're going to do more of these. So as much as we can, we will be here live for you. Um, big show this week. We've got a lot to get through in actually quite a short time, Dan, because coming up, we have an interview for you, which is going to take up more than half the show. That is with uh, director Roger Richards and executive producer Leon Kennedy. They are both part of the Observers documentary that came out around nine or ten days ago. So we spoke to both of them. Uh, uh, pretty honest chat. I asked them some some relatively difficult questions that had to be asked about the the production, and uh, they they came through it pretty fair. And we're going to talk to talk to them, and we'll talk about that beforehand as well, Dan. We're also going to talk about some of the listeners favorite ufo documentaries and um, so if you're in the chat hi to everyone in the chat shout out your favorite ufo documentaries and why and again thank you to the ucr crew who are just on before us we really appreciate you guys as well but first dan we've got to smash through this in about 19 minutes before we head to the interview <laughs> no pressure whatsoever here folks um, oh i've just realized i've got my really unprofessional captain america blanket behind me that is my five-year-old sons i'll really casually move that away is this where um, we explain to everyone that you usually hold it off screen for inspiration? Uh, listen, this is where we explain to everyone that I am sitting basically outside my house in the middle of the worst <laughs> storm in 30 years here in the UK. The weather is awful. Uh, the, the trampoline is flying about the back garden. There is a, a guy locally in the UK who has a, had a caravan land in his garden. So it's oh. pretty pretty wild where we are so i'll be getting right back into the house once this is done and onto the chat uh, but dan listen let's kick off controversial week in terms of ufo news uh, the dod out of left field hit us with a, a new office the aoi msg rolls off the tongue um, <laughs> do you know what and now the dust is settled it's not necessarily been controversial has it in terms of what and why it's come into being it's the timing that really seems to have been the, the issue with this. It was an ask from the fallout of the UAP task force report. And I'm just wondering, now you've had a few days to process it, the dust has settled. What are your thoughts now on the new office? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, the timing is what's suspicious. The The actual making the office, they'll, they, they're actually fulfilling a request uh, from Kathleen Hicks on the 25th of June. Uh, which came out with the uh, with the preliminary report, July, sorry. Um, and yeah, so they're fulfilling that. So this is on, I, I like my train track analogies. This is kind of on its own separate train track. It's not crashed into our train, you know, that's kind of still where it was. 
um it's just important now that people not get distracted by this um keep focus we we want the Gillibrand Amendment to go through. It's much more robust. Um, it ensures that there's congressional and Senate oversight of these uh, programs, um, some public accountability too, and transparency. So yeah, you, you everyone just needs to get in touch with their officials, let them know that they want them to support the Gillibrand Amendment. It's SA4810 for anyone that wants the number. Uh, and also, happy Thanksgiving to everyone who's celebrated. I, I'm still not 100% up on the Thanksgiving thing. My first introduction to that was the Adams Family movie, um, where they went off to a camp and celebrated Thanksgiving. And so I don't know if it's like a week-long thing, if they still go on now that it's like kind of Boxing Day for Thanksgiving Day today. I don't know. But happy Thanksgiving anyway, if you're stuffed and whatever else. And whatever you're celebrating just now, we hope you've enjoyed it. Dan, w- with this new office, we know it's not had a direct impact at all yet, if any, on the, the, the Gillibrand, Gillibrand Amendment. Keep hearing different pronunciations. But it's it's that time Gif, of year because Gif. of... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Gif, Jeff. Gif, it is Gif or Jeff, isn't it? <laughs> um, and it's, it's that time of year where everything's shut down, people's out of offices are on in America. So people are being told to contact their representatives. But part of the issue is that a lot of these representatives aren't around to receive these calls, to see these emails. Do you think that has been deliberate in terms of the, the timing to stop people having that impact on, you know, senators, congressmen and women being there to pick up their phones? Yeah, I think so. Um, you, you know, some offices are responsive. We've heard that um, Ruben Gago's office is responsive in talking to people about this. They're, they're you, you know, keeping their um, communication open with what's going on. Um, Senator Gillibrand herself has made some comments and, you know, not since Thanksgiving, but just before that. So there's clear, clearly a fire lit underneath them right now. Um, you know, these are, there's been four, three or four revisions now of this amendment. So they're clearly working this language hard. They, they're not going to be derailed by, you, you know, this, this Pentagon office now. Yeah. And the thing is, there's nothing more we can really say or add to that conversation, can we, just now? Because we're all waiting on this amendment being voted on. That's going to be, I think, at last point, Dan, you mentioned the 29th of November, round about then, when things get 20- back on track. Yeah, so 29th is when Senate comes back into session. Uh, they'll start discussing the NDAA then. Um, when they feel they've done that, they'll opt for a vote. When that will be, we don't know. The discussion could go on a long time. Um, but either side of that passing, the amendment could be adopted into the NDAA. As long as it's before it hits the president's desk, we're good. So it was a little bit of controversy, a little bit of heated debate caused on the social media side of things. But for now, nothing to, to worry about on the face of it. It's it's definitely been deliberate in some ways. But right now, we just have to wait on things getting back on track come, come next week. And if anything, hopefully this has brought some more mainstream attention to to this announcement and potentially those who didn't know about the, the Gillibrand stuff as well. So all good. Hopefully some it's all good that comes from this as well. Hi to everyone in the chat. I can see we've got Nigel, Justin, UCR. Thanks guys again for the show beforehand. It is Gillibrand. It, yeah, it, we're, we're awful with the American <laughs> surnames. Gillibrand, Gallego, Gallego. Uh, it's, I mean, this I, I think it's Gallego. Like, 
yeah oh. let, let's not let's not i'm just going to let's just say what we think right tomato tomato <laughs> it's um someone can come up with a list of them a comprehensive list but yeah listen um ufo documentaries dan i wanted to ask you first off what is your favorite ufo documentary that isn't the phenomenon am i allowed you, get, to you can say the phenomenon yeah yeah go for it then i'm i'm going for uh unidentified okay. um it brought so so many people to the subject and i still remember kind of sitting down and watching the episode where the gentleman had the notarized uh diary and straight from that moment it, it just didn't look like any other ufo documentary i'd seen and whenever you watch some like a movie <clears throat> and it's really good i always get disappointed that there's not going to be like an another episode next week so i was obviously overjoyed that unidentified kind of ran week by week for for six weeks um the way that series ends as well i think is underappreciated we always talk about oh you know they don't talk so much about aliens that whole last episode was about abductions um mm -hmm. they cut some of the stories short uh, so, you know, it's worth Googling around Hastings and, and his background. But the fact that they end with Lou Elizondo and Chris Mallon just outright talking about what it would mean if we found extraterrestrial life and, you know, almost looking directly at the camera and all but saying it, you know. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a dot, dot, dot. Unidentified is two great series if you're taking them as a whole for me as well. Um, I, I would go the phenomenon just because it was everything I finally wanted to see in a documentary about UFOs. There was very little missing from it. I think the only thing, and we said that when we reviewed it, Dan, that you could say was missing, and I have to do air quotes because it's slightly unfair to say this, would be a new piece of footage or, you know, some not new evidence because we, we heard about the, the aerial school and all that kind of stuff as well but I think people were waiting on oh here's the video of a real UFO you've never seen before we're never going to get that in a documentary anything that would be that good is going to be released to the news papers and the news media that's that's where that would go or, or just on social media these days you know Jeremy Corbell whether you like it or not has the right idea in 12 noon be here on my Instagram channel Here's some footage dropping. He's not going to hold that for six months and release it as part of a documentary. To be to be fair, I prefer you know the whole twelve noon thing to coming soon from Tom DeLong, and you know we're still waiting on a lot of that. Yeah, coming soon from Tom DeLong, a new limited edition baseball glove and ball <laughs> uh, from TTSA. As <laughs> yeah, he likes to tweet about as well. <laughs> no, I am not. I saw that today. I got the emails as well. <laughs> but yeah, so so for me, the phenomenon James Fox knocked out the park with that one. We know he is working on the phenomenon too. But we know before that, next year, around May or June, hopefully, we're going to get the, the Virginia case and the, the documentary on that, which he has said himself, and I think James is really honest, it's not going to be as big as the phenomenon in scope. It's more of taking a piece of the phenomenon and really honing in on an aspect of that that documentary. That's what he's done with this case, and we should get some really some juicy information, some some amazing testimony and something we can focus on in real detail as well. So I look forward to that. Um, I'd love to know some people in the chat's thoughts on their favourite UFO documentaries, Dan, because already we've got about eight minutes. I want to ask you first, Dan, will people put their favourites <laughs> in on the, the Observers? Now, we were lucky. We got sent a screener of this early. Um, 
we're going to do a full review for the podcast and we'll release that with our thoughts and we'll break it down. We don't have a load of time to do that here. And I want let, to let people make up their own mind and hear from the director and the executive producer first and hear their thoughts on it. Let's be fair, it's it's been met with a mixed reception if you look at the the social media commentary. What were your initial thoughts, Dan, from the screener you got to see? I, I think, I mean, compared to what we had, it, it's once again a marvel that we have so many to choose from now. You know, we, we yeah. beggars can't be choosers. Um, <clears throat> but our standards have kind of, you know, our bar's gone up because the phenomena in 60 minutes were, were so good um, that that's, like I say, they set the bar. So to see some of the more conspiracy-ish stuff um, creeping in um, was less than stellar for me, but I thought it was really well put together. Um, they kind of, I felt like it was updating the the UFO community as opposed to the public. There are a lot of figures in that that the public wouldn't really know, you, you know, who they were. Um, but the guys were very sincere in the job they did, and you, you know, it, it all helps because it all helps reach different people. I think people will see that in the interview. And I think you said this to me yourself, Dan, when you watched it back, that do you know what? You actually feel listening to to both Roger and Leon talk that it wasn't a cash grab. They themselves, and here's a spoiler for the interview, they, t- they tell you there is nothing new in this documentary necessarily. It's, that line surprised been... me when I was listening back. <laughs> and, and do you know what? I, I, I like to think I at least asked them questions that I... I wasn't softballing them and I wanted them to be honest because I mentioned, you know, what about the reviews that have came out and it was only about a day or two when we spoke to them. But for me, they, they were honest in that it's not groundbreaking. It's not new. Um, do you know what? It's not perfect. I've got to say that. But it was a collection of stories, I suppose, for me. And this is down to the individual. It does seem like a documentary of two parts with a rather odd segue in the middle where jesse ventura comes in and talks about jfk and it just seems to it's like nuts and bolts the woo spiritual oh, bang the woo spiritual side of things and in the middle we've got a couple of minutes overlap where jesse ventura goes pure conspiracy theory and it was a little bit oh that this has taken a, a bit of a, an odd turn um but yeah i think there's a lot to discuss that we'll go through in the review as well i mean i'll ask you really honestly dan um would you pay for that documentary uh, with the benefit of hindsight that you've seen it? To be honest, no. Say, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. It's the same kind of names with Lou Elizondo shoehorned in for, because it's Lou, um, not really adding much. And then obviously it's been produced by Jimmy Church. And one thing I will say, and it's been brought up by a lot of people, I was asked about it, the music that plays from start to finish is pretty jarring and annoying. Imagine every single interview we done that had the coast to coast do 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 playing for the full hour or ninety minutes. It just has that music playing over the entire thing, and it just it just needed someone to say no, take take that out. We don't need to constantly hear this music over and over and over again. And for me, that was that was pretty uh pretty jarring and took you right out of it. Some of the, the comments, uh, and we got loads of them sent in as well, so I apologise for the ones we don't get to on this show, but we will when we review the Observers on the main podcast, which we'll be doing next week. 
looking forward to a terror in the sky. That's from Vinny and Disclosure Team. Yeah, from the UAPX guys. Interested to see what they managed to put in there. Dave Smethers, UFOs, past, present, and future. Uh, I saw a few people mention that on, on UFO Twitter. Uh, unacknowledged was good um, to sort the was good sort from uh, apart from the false flag at cobblers <sighs> hmm. yeah i think unacknowledged is one of those now each time i have watched it back you you think less and less of the host and the content created and it waters down a lot of the message off the back of it as well justin i think like myself you've said you've watched so many on amazon some good some not so good yeah that there's that kind of self-publishing way that amazon tends to go with a lot of these as well um and we got some really good there, ones. There's a there's a fantastic one on Amazon, and I say fantastic in in you know air quotes there mm -hmm. um, about um, oh what's it called the Welsh Roswell I think it is I I recommend everyone look it up very very nineties long leather trench coats you, you know just everything you you don't want but you know someone made it so go enjoy it it's fun yeah uh, anything with the welsh in the title is definitely worth avoiding <laughs> <laughs> the uh, nick gadman said that the phenomenon is the best hands down i know what i saw gets a mention in there as well history channels unexplained from dustin mccann thanks for that dustin walker said the phenomenon but also quite a few of you mentioned ross kultart's documentary which sees ross himself go on a bit of a a breaking bad style walter white journey from the start of the documentary to the end where he changes his opinion and becomes this totally different guy and you see ross now is so entrenched within the subject as well which has been absolutely fantastic folks just before we get to the interview which is going to be in just a minute or so dan and i will be around in the chat to to discuss that as we go along dan have you got much coming up this week or so uh, do you want to talk about any projects you're working on uh, only two, as always, mention the raffle. Uh, we're, we're fundraising for St. Jude's and for the Humane Society International. Uh, the raffle prize is a signed truth poster uh, from Lou Elizondo. He signed that when we saw him in London. Um, and also, he's added for the person that gives the highest donation, they will get a personal thank you call from Lou himself, which is, you know, like you said, it's priceless, but in this case, you can put a price on it. It's just the highest bid. Um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, donate. We're going to be fundraising right up until Christmas, and then I get to call some lucky people on Christmas Day and let them know. Absolutely. And if you want to support our show sponsors, Manscaped, if any of you are looking for gifts for family, friends, even if it's people you hate, I've said that before, buy them a gift. Show them you really hate them with a gift. Uh, use promo code ANDYUFO for 20% off and free shipping worldwide. They do have 25% off on the site just now. Go use that. But if you want to support us, delete that coupon and pay 5% more and you support the podcast. There you go. Black Friday offers in reverse. Pay more. Um, and also, folks, you can sign up as usual on patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast. You can search that UFO podcast premium now on Spotify as well. And you can use the two week free trial on Apple Premium too. Folks, we are all out of time. We will join you in the chat. Dan, look forward to speaking to you in the chat. Enjoy the director and executive producer of the observers now i will ask bill at kgra to roll the clip hi everyone and welcome back to that ufo podcast my name is andy and i'm delighted to be joined by the executive producer and director both of the new observers documentary which has been out now for one day as you're listening to this i've got executive producer leon kennedy and director roger richards gents welcome to the podcast good to it's hear a pleasure to be here with you 
yeah, I'll probably learn very quickly to uh, address one of you at a time, so we're not all shouting. That's that. That's my bad, gents. I'm so used <laughs> to doing one to ones. Uh, listen, we'll start off, Roger. You were first on, so we'll kick off with yourself. Do you want to just tell the listeners a little bit about you? Sure. Uh, for me, I'm an activist and artist and filmmaker. Um, I've been a part of kind of the disclosure community, or what people think of as kind of the truth community, uh, mm-hmm. which you know heavily involves you know looking at things like extraterrestrial life, UFOs, but other things including, you know, advanced technologies and the different types of um, black budget government programs that are kind of behind lock and key and, you know, the, the big umbrella of those things that, you know, falls under that, that, that title of, you know, the truth community. And so for me, I'm an activist and an artist in that space. And um, my form is, is film right now and, and trying to document and capture these fascinating stories of people, experiencers, witnesses, you know, researchers, you know, people that are uh, a part of this community and doing the real, real investigative work and discovery work process, sharing themselves uh, with the world here in regards to things that are out of place and things that uh, don't make sense. And this is a big key part of what The Observers is about and the title of The Observers is really about us collectively observing truth together and understanding that each one of us has a piece to kind of that observation, a piece to that puzzle. <laughs> All of us observing that uh, piece together, we're really kind of missing uh, a perception, a point of view in that whole. And so it's really about looking at the the things that we uh, need to pull out collectively, and um, this is done through the art of observation, the movement, the observer's movement, and that's essentially what this film is, and, and that's uh, kind of my medium of work, is, is direct action through art. No, thank you. And Leon, what about yourself? Well, Andy, I uh, have always been very, very curious and, and fascinated with what is beyond what the norm is. Uh, when I was a little guy, I always said, you know, if I could just make friends with an ET, so much knowledge I could get, so many questions I could bounce off. Uh, so I've always been curious. And then way back in 1971, and I started off in media young. So I was the youngest producer over at NBC, and I wanted to do a, a show based upon aliens and so on and so forth. And they said, Leon, it's, that's just too far out. Uh, it's not going to be accepted. But I was finally able to push it through and got uh, Stanton Friedman uh, way back then and had a great show. And they had the highest rating that that particular time slot had ever had. So I've always been out to push the envelope and, and learn other things. Passed away now, but uh, he was the uh, creator and producer of Ancient Aliens. And actually, I was in his office when that deal was made. So I was always watching every single show that they that they did. Um, so it's just a fascinating subject. So working with Roger to be able to bring new information, new truth uh, to society and to individuals is a very, very um, adventurous journey for us. Listen, let's go back to yourself, Roger. Um, When did the idea for this piece come about? I think The Observers was, you know, something that uh, came about at the beginning of uh, 2020. Um, You know, when the pandemic hit, and for me, as somebody that tracks, 
you know, the the archetypes that show up in the common vernacular of, you know, our, our pop culture. This is this is something that I'm fascinated by. It's it's it, you can watch a lot by the way that companies brand themselves and directions, the colors they use, the the type of, um, you know, neuro linguistic programming that's involved at those times. And around 2020, uh, when the pandemic hit, I started to see a cascade of archetypes that were telling um quite an interesting story as, as to the possibilities of what may be downstream. And so I started tracking those, um, you know, observing these archetypes in regards to the disclosure community, uh, the release of suppressed technologies, the acknowledgement of extraterrestrial life on top of what we're kind of experiencing in regards to a political war that's happening. Um, and then also a secret war, uh, you know, that's happening within the intelligence agencies behind, behind the scenes right now, especially in the United States. And so these things I've been kind of watching and, and pulling into my film work over the last uh, two years here. And the observers is, is, is a, an aggregate of an understanding around what really UFOs represent as a, as an archetype to the world, the acknowledgement of this technology, um, the acknowledgement of where it came from, who, who made it, um, why they are here, uh, the, the types of interactions with people that they've had here, the types of interactions with governments and the programs, all of this stuff is much bigger than the laughing subject of, oh, you know, goofy Martians. Uh, this is free energy. This is uh, inalienable human rights from the standpoint of housing, health care, you know, food, water, all of these things for every child that could be born on this planet comes from technology that is witnessed and represented in the idea of a UFO. And so the observers is an aggregate story of approaching all of those subjects that kind of fold underneath that umbrella of kind of this observer movement, disclosure movement. Leon, when did you first get involved with the project and what was it that excited you most? Well, Roger and I have worked together in the past and in talking about what's the next project, uh, Roger had this great idea that developed into the observers. What excited me is um, the fact that I don't think that we need to wait for any government for disclosure. I think that true disclosure is going to come from thousands and then tens of thousands of people with their own observations, with the things that they bring to the light. And so I see this documentary becoming an, an actual movement. And there's a lot of things that we're going to be doing uh, with this documentary and even after the documentary has continued to play. As a matter of fact, uh, Andy, with your listeners, we're going to ask them to write their own mini reviews and send them to Amazon and then to send some, anyone that's had their own uh, observance to send it to us. We've got a brand new platform coming out called Orin, and we're going to be uh, collecting these different uh, interactions. Now, Leon, I'll stay with you for the next question as well. Uh, who is this film for? Now, the, the phenomenon by James Fox is probably the biggest UFO documentary in the last 10, 20 years. And it's fair to say many people see it at, at this point as the standard bearer. What do you think the observers can add to this discussion? Well, I can only tell you the type of feedback we've gotten. Now, for example, you take someone like Linda Moulton Howe, who's been in the trenches 
as an investigative journalist for many, many decades. And she stated something to this effect. Hi, Jimmy. Hi, Leon. Hi, Roger. I just watched the 90 Minute of the Observers. I am moved to my core. I want to encourage the whole world to see this. And thank you for having me to participate. There is deep power in the evolution of truth to truth to truth woven in the unrelenting and haunting process of this documentary. May this work help pry open the long suppressed truths that we're not alone in this universe. I would ask the same question uh, over to yourself, Roger. Um, what do you think this piece is adding to the conversation? I think what this piece is doing is it's it's helping to show people um, a clearer picture as, as far as you know the the all the different researchers and the different avenues that this topic touches. Like I said, uh, you know this this archetype of the UFO and which is now kind of transmuted into the UAP. Uh, that that archetype that it holds for society it goes much more beyond the idea of extraterrestrial contact for us here on this planet and so the the observers is really about showing people that understanding and and allowing them to understand too that our, our problems on this planet, all the social justice issues that we have, all the divides that we have, this is all resolved through the anomaly of, you know, understanding we're not alone in this universe and understanding this technology. This technology, the idea of zero point energy, the idea, the, the idea of, you know, electrogravitics, these, these things that are a part of um, the, uh, the understanding of this technology, the torsion mathematics that are involved in, in understanding these theories. This is the quantum revolution that's happening right now, where the technology that is being rolled out over the next 10 years in the public sector that um, will become a part of our everyday use is also a part of understanding what a one and a zero is at the same time, the paradox of the, the quantum reality. And when we go into those deep meditations collectively through understanding this technology, through working with it, through using brands that are associated with it, what happens to our consciousness is we understand that we are one in that space and, and we are one and a zero. So that whole message is what tied into the observers here. And this is what it's bringing. It's not necessarily a bunch of new information. The new information is that it's tied together all together in this moment right here and now to deliver this message. And that is what the observers is uh, you know, doing. I would ask you as well, Roger, um, it's mentioned, and I won't be giving away spoilers within this, people will, will watch it and put uh, together their own perspectives, but it's mentioned that Lou Elizondo comes in at the 11th hour. Was there any impact if he wasn't able to contribute? I think that absolutely, uh, you know, the, the story was focusing on the UAP report and essentially, you know, this upwell of what was happening over the last couple of years that included and was spearheaded by, you know, people like Lou and, um, uh, you know, Tom DeLong and Chris Mellon, others in that space. And so in the pop culture uh, vernacular of what people see on mainstream media, Lou uh, holds a, a very particular archetype around, um, you know, Closure. And there has been somewhat of a, of a, 
of an odds that are happening with kind of the pop culture disclosure and the sub pop culture disclosure community in that place. And everybody is, uh, you know, questioning each other and everybody's wondering, you know, who's legitimate, what are their, what are their agendas essentially for these things. And that's a beautiful experience for all of us, because again, this is observing collectively together, but in the same way, the idea of, um, you know, moving forward, we cannot move forward without all of us because where we go together, we go all of us in that space. And with Lou, his arrival at the 11th hour and his choice to be a part of the message of this film, I think shows great um, uh, energy in the idea of all of us going somewhere together on this. We don't quite know where it's going yet. We all have a lot of ideas and a lot of inspirations about this movement this year and um, our collective, especially our little affinity group that's you know, focused on disclosure through art and music and media. We've got some some definite plans for bringing this energy forward, and um, you know, Lou is always invited into that space along with anybody else that would be willing to hold, uh, you know, uh, support collectively. Leon, were there any moments during production that you felt were particularly powerful or impactful for you? Yes, but before I answer that one, Andy, I want to just do another layer to what Roger was speaking on when he talked Please. about the Im the impact of of this type of information when it came to technology or AIs or whatever, but on a spiritual level, uh, especially in the United States, but all around the world, there, there's division like never before, whether it be color or class or what sex of individual is, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if we finally can show the world that there are other people or beings from other planets, other galaxies, et cetera, et cetera, then how can the human race have so much division within itself when now we have to know that there are other races out here? I think that when disclosure hits in a full way, that it's going to totally change the mindset of how we go about our daily lives and our daily thinking and the way we look and treat one another. So I think that's a very important aspect. As far as your other question here, Andy, is in production, uh, my biggest anxiety was really, there is so much richness here. I, I mean, our, our cast is first of all, a dream cast with, with the people that we have. Uh, these are, veteran uh, individuals that have dedicated their entire life and all parts of their life to finding the truth. And they were all on the top of their game for this particular documentary. So it was, we had so much, it's almost, what are we gonna use? And Roger and I had many conversations as to, this is too good to go on the cutting floor, but you know, you can only have so many hours to put into a documentary. So that was uh, one of the main concerns, Andy. I was going to ask, I, I don't know who wants to answer this or who would be best to answer this question, but what was left on the cutting room floor? Was there any one piece particularly that you really wanted to get in, but it just wasn't right for this piece? 
Well, the most amazing thing about what we've done as a collective here with this film is there, you know, at the end of, you know, what we harvested uh, in regards to everyone's conversation, we had over 20 plus hours. And so what we've done is that information is so important. Um, and it was so hard to choose, you know, what kind of made it into the the primer, which was the, you know, the 90 minute film here. But the rest of the footage is all being released to the public in chunks, you know, for free in, in this experience as far as, you know, going out and sharing through marketing media pieces, what's available on the Orin, as far as um, the extended, uh, you know, conversations that happened around the roundtable and individual exposés. All of this stuff is going out to the public. Um, so there's nothing from the cutting room floor of any kind of uh, significance that um, is not kind of making it out there. The, the, these messages from, you know, these people and the interviews that came through were so uh, powerfully important, we felt that this was kind of the the bigger gift that we all buckled down to do is really look at all of the content that was there and make sure it was all kind of published throughout there. And the observers, the film, it's it's the way to kind of you know fund all of this and get all this information out. And and it's a great gift for the family to share. It's an opportunity to sit around in the holidays and and have a really incredibly deep and wild conversation about all of these things. But um, there's the majority of the message, uh, you know, ninety percent of it is being uh, put out there through all of the stuff that actually didn't make it into the film for free. Thank Roger, you mentioned just before, interestingly, other voices potentially within this movement. Now, Richard Dolan, Jimmy Church, Linda Moulton Howe, Whitley Strieber and others, they've been doing this for a long time. And this is not to downplay their roles for many. What they have done for this topic and subject through the decades is immeasurable. Is there an argument in 2021 and forward there's now room and time for fresher and newer voices and faces to be added to that sort of conversation. And just in thinking, many of the expos or conferences that go on in the US, for example, have many of the same names year after year after year, and the topics come so much further forward. Is there any name or anyone in mind outside of the usual circle that you would look to for future? Well, that's so interesting that you said that because, you know, in the observers here, you do have an, an incredible group of A-listers in regards to the researchers and the people of the community. But the, the person that really kind of took the cake for the film here um, is a woman named Debbie Cobble. And she's an experiencer that's, you know, fairly uh, unknown. And she came to the film, you know, for the purpose of uh, being interviewed through Linda here. And on the set, uh, I realized her experience was something that was far more incredible that needed to be told more. And um, I asked to do an interview with her also in addition just solo and what came out of that was um, some of the most powerful moments in my opinion to the entire film which is you know uh, a mother who went through the experience of abduction uh, which was incredibly traumatic um, she this was associated with the loss of a child where she was pregnant and it was you know sudden she wasn't pregnant um, and then having to go through that and also being a part of the UFO community in regards to working with people like Bud Hopkins who helped her you know pull apart her her case and now coming full circle she knew that she always had something to do you know uh, to support this this work around here and her acknowledgement of that in the film happens right on camera and it's um, it's one of the most moving pieces in, in the whole film and so to answer your question yes the the and 
and this is what the observers represents is a movement and what Leon was sharing around, you know, when we use a hashtag, the observers and people want to step forward and, and say, you know what, something did strange happen to me too. And uh, yeah, you're not a freak for talking about it. You don't need to be scared about it, but we can collectively aggregate that together in a digital domain under the hashtag, the observers and the observers is this collective vision of all of us highlighting what's out of place. And so the work that the Orin is doing as far as a platform also extends into conferences and bringing people into the real world. And that is a big part of what we're doing too, is looking for new voices that are coming forward now that are finally waking up and they know their mission and they know they need to speak out because it is the voices of thousands that will be able to articulate all of the things that need to happen for the larger collective in order to draw this out from behind closed doors. So most definitely, you know, in all of those aspects, answering your question there. Thank you. And Andy, Andy it's, it's a comfortable, safe place. In other words, the message for those that have had an experience is come here, share your experience. You're going to be protected. You're not going to be ridiculed. There are other people that have gone through the same thing. Here is a nice, safe place. We have a big family here. And you are part of that family. Most definitely. No, that's good to hear. We've recently had some experiences on the podcast sharing their stories one to one and not to judge or, you know, decide if someone's telling the truth or not. That's up to the individual. But just to give people that platform to say say their piece and, and share their story, which obviously you're doing in a much bigger scale with the, the digital release as well. Leon, I would love to know, was, was there anyone you would have wanted to have as part of this production, but either they weren't available or they didn't want to comment? I'm thinking you mentioned Tom DeLong and Christopher Mellon were those people that were reached out to. We had other uh, individuals that we reached out to, and then we had other individuals that came on once we were almost ready to start production that wanted to get involved. But by then, Andy, we were out of space because to do justice to the individuals that we already had. Uh, and as you know, as a producer, one has to look at, okay, how much time are we uh, allotting to this individual as far as interviews, but then also how much screen time can this one individual have? Uh, because it's only gonna be a two hour documentary. So all these little things have to be calculated and, and massaged, so there are others I won't mention names, but there are others that we could not use on this one, but we have other things coming down the pipe. That's good to hear. Um, I, I would ask as well, uh, Roger, I'll go back to yourself on this one. Personally, when I watched the, the, the early advanced screening, so thanks to those who sent me that, I felt it was almost a documentary of two halves where you have a, a almost a nuts and bolts aspect as you talk about the task force report, the build up from 2017, Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon, the Two the Stars Academy work. Then there's a moment in the middle, again, I want to spoil it, there, where the conversation comes off of UFOs for a few minutes. Then we come back to it and it almost takes over. I'm going to use the word the woo, or I don't know, the esoteric or whatever people want to describe it as. But we go into that piece, which is a Deborah or Debbie is a large part of. And is that something that was deliberate, that the documentary feels like it's almost too put together? 
It is most definitely deliberate. And um, what you become when you become two is the idea of understanding uh, the divide between science and spirituality. And that is what's resolved through the quantum understanding and the paradox that's there. The idea of understanding your connections to all things, your entanglement with all things as one source of consciousness, the synchronicities that happen, the magic that can be conjured up in that space collectively through uh, the, the collective focus of, of what we choose to observe. Um, all of these things are a part, again, of what is uh, the, uh, the anomaly that uh, is the UFO or the UAP in that space. And so the film, as I was going through in kind of my mad fit of piecing together the, the narrative that arrived there in, in all of the conversations, it became very, very clear that that was part of what was trying to arrange itself was... <clears throat> The unification and the bridging of those understandings between the spiritual world and the scientific world. And that when those things happen, it will be a great day for everyone, every human being on this planet, where all spiritual faiths can be acknowledged and honored for what they are, which are incredibly beautiful, humble traditions that go back to the idea of being one unity consciousness. If you strip every religion down, that's our, that are the base tenets. And then on the other end of that, science will acknowledge and humble itself in the unknown and the the ability to to marvel at nature's way of just when you think you've captured it with an understanding it transforms in an instant the, these these aspects of cross acknowledgement in those two communities in that world is the unification of the the right and left the balance of the masculine and feminine and and, and the harmonization and chorus that we can all create together collectively in all of us that will sing out a whole new age, a whole new world of expressing ourselves through creation and through joy and the celebration of this understanding and unification. So it truly is uh, the unification of two. Now, Andy, in, in going along with that, we're dealing with a lot of different things here. So it was the science, then it was the facts, then it was people like Debbie and, and Whitley, who have been abducted, so we're dealing with experiences. And there's William Henry and uh, his aspect of the spirituality part. And then you have someone like Jesse Ventura bringing in a whole different slant. And then it's an entirely synergistic mix that had to take place. And so even though Roger, and this is where Roger is so brilliant, he's able to pivot with the energetic flow. And with that, I mean, putting all these different pieces together, then seeing what was coming out. And then there was another aspect, Andy, that was quite fascinating. We had cast dinners where the whole cast would sit. And as they were sitting, they would just be talking as friends who had admired each other for a long time. But then they started interviewing one another <laughs> about, well, in your book, you said this. And, and it was so fascinating. And I, I suggested to Roger, you know, we've got to, we've got to capture this. I, I wish I had a camera at last night's dinner. So then we went to have what we're now referring to as the roundtable discussion, which was really an entire afternoon of this all-star cast really bouncing off one another. So it was a lot that we already had, a lot that Roger had already planned, and then new elements that came as we were day by day, hour by hour participating. 
no, that would be a very interesting conversation to be a fly on the wall of, I'm sure. And something that I got a kick out of personally was uh, Jesse Ventura referring to Tony Schiavone, who's a, a wrestling commentator and is a childhood wrestling fan and kind of lifelong fan. That was uh, a pleasant surprise to hear for, for me to just be taken out the moment and, and brought back in. So thanks for that. Listen, just to wrap up, uh, Roger, what's the early feedback been like? And you're not new to this subject and neither is Leon. You know, regardless of what you make, there's going to be a percentage of a backlash and people who aren't happy because it's not their narrative that they choose to go along with. So what has the early feedback been like? Uh, I've got nothing really but positive feedback from, you know, the, the, the people that have been in the film and, and the, the community, you know, kind of, uh, response in whole the the little bits of like uh, uh, negative reviews that I've seen are are really frustrated with um, you know the feeling that uh, there's nothing new they're not seeing you know disclosure rolled out right in front of their eyes we're not wheeling out an extraterrestrial to like make us a subway sandwich together like it's just not happening and so I think that is the message of this film though so even in the, the negative reviews here it, it, it's not happening like that anymore people it's it's not coming from that place where we're waiting for a disclosure to happen from the government it's 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 not going to happen it's going to come from us and this is where it starts here and this is where it begins and so the commitment to you know the observer movement and and observing with this entire collective as a we in this space is so so important for anybody that feels frustrated with uh disclosure not being here now and they're tired of waiting and you know this movie just represents all the things that we haven't got yet well that's its purpose in that same way it's it's about movement now and so, Andy, once again, I go back to asking your listeners to write their own mini reviews and send them to Amazon uh, because we're certainly going to be watching them and, and uh, you know, really paying attention to what they have to say. And also, uh, this is a gift that keeps on giving. So Christmas is right around the corner here. This is an ideal Christmas gift because it supplies many different levels. In other words, for those that have been curious, well, here, look at this. For those that are not believers, well, here, you should check this out and then come back to me with your opinion. For those that want to learn more, well, here's another teaching tool to learn more. So I would ask people to consider this as a Christmas gift to share because that's going to expand the ongoing conversation. I'm going to stay with you, Leon, and ask you both one final question, uh, and you first. If I was to ask you, Leon, what do you think the phenomenon is? What are we dealing with? Well, how would you answer that? Are you talking about ETs? Is that yeah, what you're I mean, yeah. just, just the whole phenomenon. If you think it's ETs, interdimensional, all under one umbrella, then what do you think? Well, there, there's a lot to that, Andy, uh, and, and here's what I mean by that. There are so many different galaxies out there, each with their own suns, planets, et cetera, et cetera. So we don't even know the, the entire scope of what's out there. But just from the tip of this little bit of knowledge that we've all been getting, I think that there are different types of entities out there. Uh, I think one of the mistakes in the past is that people have lumped ETs into all one category. Well, we have found that there are different categories. We have found that within these different categories, there are different agendas. Uh, and then there's, there's other beings out there. For example, if I'm looking at ancient aliens, basically 
their perspective was all the encounters in the Bible were basically with ETs. Well, I think that there are ETs. I think that there is an angelic realm out there that's entirely different. And I think that there is a negative realm out there that is entirely different. So there's a lot to keep exploring here. And Roger, to finish off, what about yourself? I'm sorry, you broke up. What was the question? Same question to you, Roger. So again, how would you answer the question, what is this phenomenon? I think it's us. I think that when you um, pull time from the equation and you look at the quantum perspective around what's available there, all time happens in an instant and, you know, all instances, all time. And that space of, you know, who are these beings? What are these beings? Are they physical flesh and, and bone? Some of them are, yes. Um, are some of them light beings? Are some of them, you know, more apparitions from the standpoint of what's understood in the paranormal or in the spiritual and the angelic and the demonic? These, these aspects of polarity, light and dark, are a fractal through all of life and through all of nature. And they pass through all different forms of that experience. In our experience here in, in third density, third, you know, 3D in the transformation into fourth density, we're experiencing, you know, this physical body and these five senses. But in that transformation and evolution and continual evolution, uh, more senses come on board, more things within our DNA are activated, more parts of our mind is used in that experience until we shed our body and um that is what is available from the standpoint of understanding extraterrestrials they they are us and we are them in this experience when you move the idea of time we are all a single family line of the idea of life the first bit of life you know returning and closing in so that's my perspective roger how can people find and purchase and watch the observers the observers, if you go to um, iTunes, Amazon, uh, Roku, uh, Google Play, uh, any type of the, the streaming video on demand services out there right now, you'll be able to find it and purchase it. Uh, it'll be up for rent here uh, in the Thanksgiving weekend, I believe. You know, it'll be a good thing for the family to get around and you know, stuff themselves full of tryptophan or, 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 you know, tofurkey, depending on what you're eating there. And, uh, you know, get, get involved with understanding the world around you from the, the, the freakiest and most amazing, you know, ideas possible in that experience. So what, what a better gift that, you know, for the family at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'd like to thank you both for your time, Leon and Roger. It's been wonderful speaking with you and folks, all those links discussed will be in the description for this show as well. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap designed by Chaucer. A little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Folk. The little fucker hovered right inside of my window, and when I shut down the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he could 